Fireside Chat with Dan Wynn, the great curator, part one. Welcome to episode four of The Car Diary with Javi S. Thompson. And whether you're tuning in from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another podcast platform, because thanks to a new podcast friend, I was able to figure that out. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this, because you could be listening to any other podcast right now, but you're here with me, and I really appreciate that. Okay, so I teased this at the end of episode three, but this is my very first guest episode, my very first time being a podcast interviewer. But also, I didn't really want to treat this like an interview, more so of a free-flowing conversation. Um, My working title is that it's like a fireside chat. But with that type of conversation, it went long, so I did have to cut this up into two episodes, and so this is part one. So if you heard the first three episodes, you heard me for almost three hours nonstop, and now you'll be getting the next two episodes being with a guest. But man... Three hours of talking nonstop. God bless those of you who listen to all of that because that sounds absolutely brutal. Heck, I even I didn't want to listen to me talking three hours nonstop um, to find snippets so I could post that on my socials. But if I don't promote it and if I don't market my own podcast, who will, right? So I am going to try and tighten up those monologue episodes uh, going forward. We'll see if that actually happens. And I'm really excited, though, to have more guests come on. So it's not just me talking ad nauseum. And, um, you know, I promise that, you know, this intro is going to be brief. But I got to say, I have some amazing guests already lined up. True experts and veterans and goats in the hobby. And I kept wondering, like, why would they want to come on to this podcast? It's like new and there's uh, 11 listeners. Actually, I'm going to update that before I... um, Uh, throw it to the to the new guest episode but I like to think that I've done a decent job of cultivating relationships and showing my passion within the hobby and while I'm not for everyone my style is not for everyone that's fine like I said in a past episode sometimes my soup uh, is going to be too hot it's going to be too cold but for some people it will be just right or even if it's not right they'll be nice to say that it's okay or lukewarm and you know, it's, it's, it's good for them or it's passable. They're hungry, so they'll, they'll eat. So um, I got to say also, this is my first time trying to record from my laptop. And so it may sound different. And so just a heads up on that. If it sounds better, maybe I switch to that. But my first three episodes were recorded from the podcast for Spotify app. And recording and editing on a web browser is just different from trying to do it on your phone. And I'm still a novice in learning mode. And I would love to do a behind the scenes on podcasting later in this, you know, this limited podcast series or or audio book or whatever type of thing you want to call it. But not that I know a lot about podcasting, but, you know, I would love to get a sports card podcast host on so that we can all learn from them. uh, So that if you if that is something that you want to try uh, in your cardboard journey that maybe, you know, you, you can just see how it how it is and, you know, at least get an, a general idea because I don't really see or hear much of that being discussed, uh, you know, different ways to enjoy the hobby. So one last thing uh, right before I hit record just now uh, and before I throw it to um, 
I guess I throw it to myself to introduce uh, Dan. Uh, right before I hit record, I saw that I'm up to 67 plays total on this podcast for all three episodes so far. And that's from 42 unique listeners. Uh, you're one of them, I think. Uh, 12 of you are following me on Spotify. Uh, so you'll get updates, I guess, or push notifications about when I drop new episodes. That's awesome. 15% are age 28 to 34. 56% age 35 to 44 and 29% age 45 to 59. So basically old people. Uh, y'all are awesome though. Thank you so much. Okay. And so without further ado, I think I got this under five minutes. My fireside chat with Dan Wynn, the great curator. Okay. Take two. Let's see. All right, welcome to the inaugural supplemental fireside chat to the Car Diary with Hobby S. Thompson. Uh, that's the new podcast streaming on maybe all major platforms. I don't know yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, I am your host, Denny Cards. My podcast alias is Hobby S. Thompson because I am navigating the ins and outs of this hobby space that we so love. So, okay. I know this is your first podcast, but don't be nervous. Um, I'm not saying that to you, Dan. I'm saying that to myself. I'm just, I just want, I need to pump myself up. Um, today we have my very first guest. It, it is Dan, the great curator. I asked him for a bio so I could read it, but he said, no, just wing it. Uh, just speak from your personal experience or speak from your heart. Google me. That's what I said. Google, Google me. me. I actually asked ChatGPT who you are, and they didn't know, or he or she. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Dan. So I'm gonna just do a really quick bio like this. I am gonna allow you to like say hello and introduce yourself, but I'm gonna just say a word, and you tell me if that describes you. Okay. Sure. Collector. Yes. Curator. Yes. Buyer? Yes. Seller? Yes. Trader? Not like Benedict Ar Arnold, but like T-R-A-D-E-R, -E Trader Joe's? Okay. Yes. Father? Yes. Husband? Yes. Friend? Yes. Pumper? Of things <laughs> I like? Yes. Uh, and dumper? <laughs> of things I don't like? Yes. Okay. So I the reason I wanted to... I cannot believe that I have you on as my first guest. Um, what people don't understand is that, you know, the pump and dump thing at the end that I put in there was a joke. You didn't know that. Like, I, I told you that I was going to ask you some questions. I did not put that in my initial uh, show notes for you. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But here's the thing. Google you. Watch your content. I love your content. You are very polarizing. There are people who uh, love you and hate you. And I got to say that I've seen the comments and I've seen the people come after you. Um, and you are definitely polarizing. But that's what I love about you, actually. And when I had, like, no following, no presence, I, like, I don't know, just reached out to you. And you actually gave me the time of day. And I actually have learned a lot from you and other people. And I've gotten to know you and I 
continue to be impressed by the amount of time and energy and resources that you give me. Uh, you've seen me grow in the short amount of time that I've been a creator. And I really just got to thank you. Um, I think this is the side that people don't see about or, or with you is like people can say, oh, he does this, he does that. Uh, you're you're definitely sarcastic. You're definitely funny, but you are human. Like you are a fully rounded and I'm not talking about just your face, but like you're fully <laughs> rounded individual. So you are a father, you are a husband, you're a friend. You have a podcast between two slaps. I'm plugging it for you. You're having a drink. So am I. Cheers. Um, but I just wanted to, I guess that's my intro for you is you are a fully fleshed out individual human being in the hobby, just like I am. And thank you so much for coming on the show. And so I'll let you speak a little bit and then I have my first question for you. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you know, I do appreciate that. I feel like that should have been your closing statement. That would have been the perfect way to end this podcast, but well, thank uh, you for I, listening, everyone. It has been yeah, a great time. Like, an interview. Um, I will say this, uh, you know, I do appreciate that. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to, um, uh, be a guest on your podcast. And I'm, I'm actually, uh, I feel privileged to be the first guest on your podcast, but I feel like this is unique because I get asked to go on a lot of people's different shows. And I can honestly say most of those people, I've never, I don't know them at all. You know, I just know maybe of them from their podcast, or I don't even know them at all. And I just, you know, want to do them a solid, but you, I actually know you well enough now to see your progression in the hobby in terms of you making content. And I wanted to be on your show and I wanted to be one of the first guests on your show to, to uh, talk about some, you know, interesting topics and uh, maybe some controversial topics, polarizing topics. But I feel like you are in the unique position where you actually know me outside of the hobby. We've spoken on the phone before. You've helped me out uh, on my trip to Asia. Uh, we, we text regularly. So I feel like you know a side of me that a lot of people don't know. And because of that, you can flush out some better answers to some of these questions. So I'm excited to get into this and 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 you know discuss all these hard hitting issues, share my knowledge with you, and maybe you know have some laughs. Awesome, I, I love to hear it. So, as a first time podcast interviewer or come you know host, I, I've put a lot of pressure on myself for my very first question that I ask. I mean, it's just like I, I'm I'm putting I'm building up too much pressure on myself, but it's such an important question. And so I really don't want to miss it. I, I don't want to blow it. So here it goes. My first question ever as a podcast host is Dan, the great curator. Are we, are we, uh, are we related? <laughs> well, most people, most people probably think that, but um, I, would, I would actually probably maybe who knows? <laughs> right. So, yeah. okay. So no, not, you, you not are... immediately, but you know, who knows? Maybe. So I, I am Korean American. You are Vietnamese American, correct? Yes. You actually did go to my uh, my home country. I was actually born in Korea. So you went to South Korea uh, earlier this year in, in 2023, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that was enough for me to just be like, oh, yay, like go visit and have a great time. And, you know, I was there last year. I was there during winter break of 2022. So, um, I mean, just just another way for you to follow my footsteps. Thank you, Dan. Um, 
I, I know this was supposed to be a joke, but if I can just touch on this <laughs> real quick, and then this might be a great segue into the first discussion point sure. of this. You know, uh, no, we're not re- related, but you know, we do look like each other, and that may sound kind of funny to say, but I will say this: like in the hobby, it's it's um, it's comforting to see representation uh, mm-hmm. that you don't normally see. I mean, honestly, like if I'm going to be if I'm going to be very um, uh candid about this you know it's it's dominated by you know majority people that are not like us so whenever i see another person <laughs> whenever i see another person make content or at shows or just be actively involved in the hobby as much as i am i think that's really cool and i want to be part of that because i know from my own experience from all the content that i put out there i you know this is true, guys. I, I have a lot of people, a lot of Asian people reach out to me and tell me that they appreciate seeing my content, seeing my face out there, and it makes them feel good uh, because, you know, for whatever reason. So I like that. I like that, and and I would encourage more of that. No, that's great. That's a really good point. Yes, I I, I vacillate between being sarcastic and jokey and, and being serious. I think, you know, that's, that's being human. I mean, you know, that's just different sides of us, and uh, I really appreciate kind of like the I don't know if you if 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 I called you a trailblazer or whatever, but like um, for you to represent this side of the hobby, I really do appreciate it. Um, you and other people when I when I see your content and I it inspires me, it really does. And uh, I said something really cheesy, so I'll just say something uh, a backhanded compliment. We do kind of look at like each other, but I do have better hair. I have more hair. I have mm-hmm. better hair for the people who are listening to this on audio just take my word for it yeah, um, but yeah i got I, better cheekbones no yeah okay thank you i'll, I'll give you that and nipples. <laughs> okay well let's stop there no i'm gonna edit that part out um but no uh i have my 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 family uh there's male pattern baldness that runs through it and i am trying to hold on to dear life for my hair and so i started the podcast wearing my vancouver grizzlies hat mm-hmm. And I took it off just yeah, because you know, you know what? Koreans, I, I think stereotypically Koreans do have great hair. Well, so that's a great segue to why you're here because uh, I have yet to cut my, I have yet to record my chapter one or second episode about buying, selling, and trading. Mm-hmm. But buying, trading, and selling, if you said it that way, which is a little bit awkward because it's always buy, sell, trade, uh, BTS. <laughs> you know the the um beyond they have so many ways to call themselves but buying trading selling bts yes uh behind or the scenes between two slabs i podcast every be, tuesday you to it i was just about to say that uh plug it what day what day and where and what platforms let's just get it out, out of the way now if you guys didn't know i do have a podcast we've been going on almost uh, pretty much a year now i do with my partner Merworld world cards it's called between two slabs it is the best podcast the best hobby podcast out there that nobody listens to it's every tuesday at 6 p.m live usually we stick to that schedule sometimes we skip it a week or two but that's where you can find us always on youtube and and uh also on every uh audio platform itunes sirius and all that stuff so that's 6 p.m 
Pacific uh, Standard Time, right, 6 okay. p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And usually it's about one to two hour podcast. And we just talk about news. We talk about what's on our mind, what a segment, which I call what bends my corner, which is just things that piss me off. Mail days, we take comments. It's really engaging with the audience. We're just, we're just bullshitting for a couple hours about hobby stuff, but it's a lot of fun. So please join us. Um, okay, so two things. One, two hours sounds like way too long, but I'll, I, I have been in the live. It is, it's live by. It's very interesting conversation. I mean, it seems like it seems like twenty minutes. I've had people request that we go longer, but you know, unfortunately, well, we don't have that time in that, our schedule. I think that is your opinion, but okay. Um, so the second thing I wanted to say was I, I don't think you read my show notes and my email, but. I am trying to keep this family friendly. Yeah, you didn't read it. Um, I wrote it for myself, I guess. Um, It was really long. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I I was asking for like an itemized list of questions and you sent me like a three page, you know, short story. I did. I did. Um, Hey, well, okay. We are going to get to buying selling train, but have you ever tried to look for a recipe online and... You're just, you're just like, give me the recipe. And then it's like that first few paragraphs about like, when I was in grandma's kitchen, Nana would bake me the best cookies and the pasta she made was the best. I'm like, just give me the recipe. Just give me the recipe. So I guess uh, I'll have to keep that in mind for my future guests. Maybe they'll actually be literate and uh, on time too. Should we, should we tell people, should we tell people how late this is starting? Uh, We could, I mean, we could. We could okay. also tell people about how I take time out of out of my busy schedule to uh, to do this for you. You could. Uh, yes, yes, that is true. So all I will say is it is clear that you're the talent because I had to wait on you, and I do have a strong feeling that you will be worth the wait. But uh, let's let's stop the what you said. crazy banter and let's get into it. So okay. hopefully people have gotten a well-rounded uh, idea of how this conversation is going to go. I think you and I beforehand we said let's do real talk. Um, but this, I, I have you on to be the expert, the, the person that I want to learn from about buying, trading and selling. And in regard to that, I know that you have not listened to anything that I've output yet, even though I asked you if you wanted to, but, uh, yours, you know, your time time, is very, yeah, yep. Sorry. sorry. You know, that's an interesting point. If we can just segue for a second, to be honest, I don't consume a lot of hobby content. Because I'm so busy making my own. Mm. I just have little bits that I watch here or there or unless somebody mm-hmm. sends something to me. But honestly, I'm just so busy doing my own content that I don't have time to mm. really keep up with everything out there. So when people say, oh, did you hear about this guy talking about you or this and that? And it's like, honestly, no, uh, because I'm just focused on doing my own thing. Okay. So speaking of your own thing, let's get right to the B part of BTS buying. Uh, that is the way you entered into the hobby, right? Just in order to curate, in order to collect, you have to buy, right? So if you could kind of like start from like, I guess, your origin story uh, of just how you got into the hobby in terms of like, what did you look for when you were buying? Um, sorry, it's... <laughs> bad extended question but just to add on to what i just said i wanted to explain that when i first when i got into your archives your older youtube stuff you were actually i don't know if a lot of people know this but you were actually 
buying, selling, and trading sports cards. I mean, you're known right now for pop culture and non-sports cards, but you were like behind a desk. You look professional. Mm -hmm. You were talking about Kobe cards. And I'm like, man, this guy, this does not look like anything like the current great character who I know. And that content still holds up, guys. It's available on YouTube. Check it out. It'll help you out. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, so originally, okay, so real quick, I'll give you the 60-second elevator pitch of, of my history here, my origin story. Um, I got back in the hobby uh, pre-pandemic era, um, just before things shut down. I did it because at the time I was collecting a lot of toys. I've always been a collector my whole life, but, um, you know, I kind of been in and out of it. And um, in 2019, I was just collecting a lot of toys. And my wife said, you know what? This stuff takes up a lot of room. Is it worth any money? Blah, blah, blah. Can you, uh, can you maybe buy something that is investable, like artwork? <laughs> she was thinking like classic, you know, classic art, Rembrandt, Picasso's, things like that, right? But in my mind, I was thinking comic books or other type of artwork, pop culture art. So I said, oh, okay, well, let me look into that. That's a great point. She just gave me the green light to uh, spend money. So I started doing research and I was amazed at how the hobby market had changed from when you just bought things because they were cool, but essentially they were just like a waste of money to now you buy things and they're worth money and you can actually flip it or, or fund your hobby doing that. And that led me down this snowball path where I went from collecting comic books to sports cards and um toys and all that stuff and uh as i got back into the card hobby specifically i learned that you had to have like an instagram to really communicate and, and be part of the hobby and engage people and do deals basically um so i started an instagram page i was doing that for a while just posting cards and things like that going to shows and then um you know a couple like a year into it uh the the market started to go down and as the market went down, people started to freak out and complain and make all this content about why the hobby sucks and how we should all sell our cars and things like that. And me, I come from, I've, I've studied investments, uh, investment strategy um, before this, all this. So I was kind of like, you know, I kind of knew how to navigate market downturns and things like that. Mm. So to kind of like tell people to chill out, I started making content about it. And that's what you see in my early videos um, about how to deal with market downturns and things like that. I was I started off on Instagram just making long posts, and then people told me to make videos. So I started to do that, and it just took off. And uh, I, I gained a, a following essentially overnight from doing that. And people were very receptive towards it. And then people started to know me for that. And then I just kind of like went with it. I started doing more content. And um, after, you know, after a while, my content kind of evolves, just like my collecting habits from being educational to being more entertaining to being myself. And it's kind of evolved and morphed over the last two, two and a half years or so to the point where I am now, where I can, I've, I feel very comfortable with myself right now, very comfortable with my position in the hobby. Mm -hmm. I, I collect things that I love. I show off things that I love. And my content is what I would describe as like 90% entertainment designed to just kind of make people laugh for a couple seconds of the day and about 10% educational. And I try my best to set an example for people on how to conduct themselves in the hobby in terms of treating people, how to enjoy the hobby, but also how to, you know, when people ask how to profit in the hobby. Mm. I really like that, but I feel like I've heard you say 
similar things in other podcasts where I'm like, I thought it was going to be a real talk. <laughs> but no, thank talk, you. Guys, it's just about the money. I'm just real talk. So <laughs> I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to make dollar bills here. No, I mean, I I, I don't want to like plug other people's podcasts or whatever, but I, I did hear you on a recent podcast where you did kind of talk about how you are comfortable in your content. And I appreciate that. I think that's great. Um, I'm still trying to get comfortable with my content and I'm going to make, I'm, I'm not going to make this about myself. I want, I do want to try to stick to the, the BTS of the reason why we're here. So this, this, real quick, this should yeah. be, this should be focused upon you. You know, the guest as the guest, we are here to kind of highlight things and, and give our opinions as expert, but I think this is your podcast. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be a guest, the first guest on your podcast is to kind of encourage you because if you want to disclose this, I have been kind of encouraging you to, to take this path for quite a while now. And I think it'll be interesting to see from this first episode to however many episodes you have planned to see your progression during that period of time. And I think you'll be very surprised the same way I'm surprised at myself when I look back at those early videos to to where I'm where now essentially like I'm a TikTok dancer. Yes. Uh, well, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, yes, I I. I... I will have to figure out how to navigate this. Uh, I literally, just a few hours before starting this recording with you, I, I did finally publish and cut out my first episode. And um, I don't know. I just feel like my monologue episodes that's going to be audio only is going to kind of like center around me. And then these video, uh, you know, I'm going to hopefully put this up on YouTube. and then the the guest spots that are video and audio you know i'm hoping to kind of like delve into the expertise of you but you know that's very nice of you to say i'll definitely have to keep that in mind and try to you know mix that in um so when it comes to the buying like you know i will say this in my monologue i kind of like talked about my childhood so i kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because that is something that i haven't heard you talk about um, you said you're, you've been a collector like your whole life and you've, you know, you've recently come back into the hobby, but like before you were, <laughs> I don't even have this written down. I have like some notes, but this question, like a lot of, a lot of this fireside chat is going to be like just off the cuff, uh, because I feel like my monologue is just so heavily talking points and scripted. So my question to you is before you became the great curator, when you were little curator, the good curator, the okay curator, like tell me about you collecting as a, a kid or a child. I joke with people and I say that I've, I've actually been collecting since I've been in the womb, you know, before mm. I was even born, before I came into this world, I was a collector. But mm. um, as far as back as I can remember, uh, I've always collected things, you know, it, it really, if I'm going to get really deep, it's going it, to, it stems from my relationship with my mom because mm. my mom collected things uh back in the day she used to go to like antique flea markets and she would take me with her mm. and as she was looking for like old antiques and stuff i was looking for toys mm. at that time and i've always been i've always taken care of my stuff i have like my childhood gi joes i bagged them up in plastic bags i took care of everything i have a lot of my childhood toys that i have on display that have memories you know uh etched into them and i've always been like that ever since I can remember and i've gone in and out of collecting as i've matured you know from from you know elementary school to high school to college i go in and out as i try to be like an adult you know i'll 
I'll uh, go to college, you know, and I go, you know, join a fraternity and I do that stuff. And then I get back into collecting and then I go out and I get a job, you know, graduate college, I get a job and then I go back to collecting and then I go out and I try to, you know, date and have relationships and start a family and things like that. But I always come, I always find myself coming back to collecting. It's just really who I am. I collect different things here and there, but the, the, uh, the characteristics of, you know, just finding things and doing research and hunting these things down. I've always been like that. And I don't, now I feel like now I can really embrace it where I can justify my habit. Because like I said mm. before, before collecting used to be just like a real waste of money. It was very irresponsible to be buying toys <laughs> or comic books or whatever it is that you collect. Mm -hmm. It's very irresponsible because that stuff would just kind of sit, get piled up or whatever. And, you know, you don't think that it has value, but now the the collectible market has evolved to the point where it is a full blown industry. So now, you know, it's not it's not ridiculous to say, you know, this is my retirement. This is my 401k. These things mm -hmm. have value because they do now. And now we have with technology the way it is, we have platforms where we can actually sell this stuff, you know, and get mm -hmm. top dollar for it or things like that. So that's kind of like how my journey has evolved. I've always been a collector my whole life as back as far back as I can remember. And um, now I'm fully embracing it as an adult with the resources to do this. See, now we're getting to real talk. Um, that resonates with me. I mean, you know, my, I won't get into like my relationship with my parents, but well, not not in episode one, <laughs> but uh, that that's really cool. That's really I, I really appreciate you being so uh, open and sharing that. Um, I, I I feel like you know I I said this in my prologue episode about how you know like parent of immigrants we didn't have a lot of money they were just trying to make it in America and like I definitely have had a lot of my qualms with like you know, they didn't do this for me or they didn't do that for me, but it's like, they were just trying to get by. And like now as a parent, I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to get by. It's nicer that I have maybe more disposable income than they did. And I get to have, you know, the luxury of having a midlife crisis, but like, man, like my, my parents probably had midlife. <laughs> my dad probably had a midlife crisis, but didn't have money to like fund uh, his, you know, his, his, his um, midlife crisis. So uh, I gotta say real quick here. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but can we talk about the difference between generations? Like yeah. our parents' generation, you know, I, I guess they're called bo bo boomers, right? Yeah, Baby boomer generation. Yep. Yep. The concept of playing and collecting toys as an adult, you don't do that. You just don't do that, right? Like, and as a kid, they, you know, you might give like little toys here or there, but as you grow up, you they don't expect you to continue collecting and playing with toys. Right. It's just this this new generation of millennials. We nurture our kids. We give them toys, no problem. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, my parents, um, you know, like they really didn't like the fact that I played with toys. They they thought it was a waste of money. They wanted me to study and be mm -hmm. good, good grades and, you know, grow up and be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Right. That's mm -hmm. what, you know, our, our, our culture preaches to yeah. their kids. So mm -hmm. the fact that I'm able to kind of grow up now, this is probably a reason why I collecting resonates with me so much is because mm -hmm. It, it allows me to like go back to childhood and buy things that I couldn't get. My parents wouldn't get me at that time or mm -hmm. just reconnect with maybe like a simpler time where, you know, I was really like just happy and I didn't have any cares or, or responsibilities. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Cause uh, I forget where I heard this, but 
when we're kids, like universally, or maybe not universally, but you know, I'm just talking about like as I guess the American kid experiences. We learn about dinosaurs and we love dinosaurs as kids. And like I, you know, like right now, my kids love dinosaurs, but it's like as you get older, you're like, dinosaurs don't ma- mean anything, or like they just don't. You kind of are like told to like stop caring about dinosaurs, and you kind of do, and you just have to like do other things, and that's kind of sad. It's like because dinosaurs are pretty cool, up, right? You're told to you're grow told up. to grow, yeah. yeah. You're told to grow up, and mm-hmm. I think uh, it's yeah. You do have to become more emotionally mature, and you do have to like learn other things, and yeah, you do you do have to grow up, like you do, but it doesn't mean that you have to be grown up all the time i guess and i guess when i'm looking at these cards these silly you know pieces of cardboard that we keep talking about um i do like the fact that i get to enjoy them (laughs) you know it's it is my hobby time you know i'll just put on a podcast and i'll just look at my cards and maybe someone's doing that while they're listening to us now which is kind of meta to me um but i I think it's it's become okay you know like before Maybe 20 years ago, like if you told if you're in a group of friends, adults, grown ass men, and you say, oh, yeah, I collect cards, you know, or I collect toys or comic books, mm-hmm. they might kind of like look at you like kind of funny, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's become like, accepted, kind of like how, you know, like I'll use a, a another example, like online dating, right? Is mm. It's like, is the norm now. But like 20 yeah. years ago, it was very like, hush, hush, very embarrassing. But now I think, you know, we've kind of evolved to the point where we're, we're comfortable with it. We're comfortable talking about it and, and it's starting to become a little bit more mainstream. I guess you could call it the revenge, <laughs> the revenge of the nerds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of like cool to be nerds. I think I recently saw, what is it like 21 jump street and like the old, the older, you know, the narcs who are coming to the school are like, wait a minute. Like it's cool to be an environmentalist and, it's cool to be nerdy and all that. And it's like the jocks, the jocks are now like the, the second class citizens of the, of that high school uh, and Channing Tatum or whatever he went by in that movie was just like trying to fit in by being more nerdy. And I thought that was kind of like, I guess that's yeah. Like, yes. Revenge of the nerds. Here we go. We're it, it's, it's acceptable now. And that's what I think that's, what's so interesting about the hobby is like, the hobby is may is a is a huge community of people ha- with a common interest of of collecting these things, um, and and we accept each other for that. You know, although I think I, I hope we can get into this too. I hope some some people don't accept other people in the yeah. hobby. And some people yeah. attack people, things like that. But yeah. that's just a that's a small minority. But for the for the majority of it, yes, this is a very welcoming uh, space and community, and I think that's what appeals to a lot of people. Gosh, you know, I wish I could attribute it to someone uh, specifically, but I heard the concept of the silent majority in the hobby. It's the folks who are just like, you know, mild mannered, even keeled, who aren't like chasing this or that or like, you know, or or like within budget and are, are just like decent, reasonable people. And you don't hear a peep from them, you know, they'll, they'll either con- consume content or maybe not even consume any content. They might just be happy with their collection and just like maybe post a little bit here and there on Instagram. And they're just like happy. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes, and I'm not talking, of course, I'm not talking about you and me, but like sometimes when you're like posting things, you're just like, maybe there is a, a reason to like want to gain, you know, uh, external validation or something. Um, and I'm not talking about you. Uh, maybe I'm talking about myself. I don't know. 
I have to like definitely internalize that and process that more before I, <laughs> maybe I should edit this out. But um, I, I feel like, yes, there is a vocal minority that I see in the comment section, just trolling people. And it's like, these people do kind of, I mean, I mean, I, I did ask you to like, keep it clean but we're not going clean anymore we're done I, i'm gonna have to keep the monologues clean and the guests uh we, we just kind of go go off the rails right. yeah but like the trolls they suck i mean straight up like it's like bucket dippers it's like these people who feel like they have to dip other people's buckets to you know fill their own and that's just not how bucket filling works like you don't dip other people's to fill your own it's not a you know mutually exclusive binary zero-sum game but I feel like sometimes people have to neg others to make themselves feel better or pump themselves up. So anyway, we're not here to talk about that, but we, we're just down comment that on that real quick. We have to go ahead. Okay. So I think it's interesting that you, you use the term silent majority. Okay. And I think that's true. I look at how I look at the, I try to look at the hobby from an outside perspective. When I, when I think of these, these battles that I fight, you know, it's no secret. People see me, you know, People, if you search my name, you'll see videos of people talking shit about me. Can I say that? You know, I, one day I will learn how to bleep. But for now, okay. yes. Keep, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's a lot say of videos, whatever you want. There's a lot of videos out there, people talking shit about me. But those videos, there may be a lot of them. They're only made by a couple people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the way that I look at it is the majority of the hobby are just people that go to shows, collect cards, buy, sell, trade, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then maybe... 5% people make content, right? Like if you look up hobby content on YouTube, on Instagram, it's the same people, okay? It's, 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 you could count all of them. You could memorize all their names. It's a small group of people that actually make content consistently, okay? And I would say like the majority of that small 5% of the hobby make positive content like myself, like yourself. Mm -hmm. And then there's like 1% that are uh like the trolls as you call mm -hmm. them you know we call some they call themselves hobby watchdogs i call them hate keepers but they're just like one percent of the people that actually make content and their brand their style is to make reaction videos because that's the easiest way to kind of get followings they're not creative enough to make content that will entertain people and make them laugh. They don't have collections that they post cards, things like that. They don't go to shows and make vlogs. What they do is you, they just sit at home and they make reaction videos and they attack people in the hobby, good people, myself, other people like that. And they try to tear them down. And that's just their brand because ultimately the way that I look at it is they're just trying to gain a following. They're trying to make money, monetize people's attention, uh, you know, find they're, they're content creators and that's mm -hmm. the that's the path that they've chosen but they are just a small 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 minority of the actual minority of content creators themselves and i think mm -hmm. that there's two ways that we have to look at them number one is we just really have to um not even give them the attention that they're so desperately craving for mm -hmm. but at the same time we have to we have to make sure that they don't they don't run around the hobby operating with impunity, you know, making baseless accusations, encouraging, you know, violence and hate mm. uh, within our community and things like that. So we have to find ways to combat them by overshadowing their content, pushing it down on the, the suggestion list, uh, pushing back sometimes when they get out of line, but just let people know that 
their content is not representative of the minority because if we don't do that the people might watch it and if it yeah. if it floods the the content space they might take that as truth where mm. most of the time it's not so so that's I mean, I agree with what you're saying, uh, but it's kind of wild to me because, uh, you know, my my whole concept of my podcast is trying different things in the hobby and just kind of like sharing it out like Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, you know, he would like embed himself in different groups and I'm still trying to learn my footing in the hobby and what I like to do and what I don't like to do. And, you know, I, gosh, it's it's crazy that we're talking about this because I I what i really did not plan for us to go down this but we we just have to talk about it before we get to uh pts but you know i was thinking about a a, a episode about watch watchdogging and for me um the and i actually did look this up because i was like am i am i crazy or is this true but the actual definition of a watchdog is someone who is holding a company or a corporation or an entity accountable I know that there are these hobby watchdogs out there and they hold people accountable. But in my opinion, a, ho- a, a, a watchdog by, by textbook definition is someone who holds like these large entities that are, are not, who are not human beings, who are, who are nameless, not nameless, but faceless and are not actual, you know, like corpus people to hold them accountable. So I, I kind of watchdog is, is a really interesting thing because I'm not going to lie to you and, and my listenership. I my plan was to actually have an episode or a, a guest on who was a, who is or was a watchdog. Um, but we all know that uh, plans can change or, you know, content can evolve and, and change. But it's interesting because what I want to do is humanize all various aspects of the hobby. And, you know, when I went after some companies and tried to hold them accountable, people were like, Oh, you're a watchdog. And I'm like, I'm not a watchdog. Like I'm just doing this one thing one time. But I think people like to typecast. I think people like to think they see you do one thing and they're like, they have to put you in a box or a bucket. Like you are this, you are that. And it's like, no, like I'm a human being. I'm, I'm well-rounded. I have various facets and aspects to myself. So you and I will definitely talk offline about whether watchdogging should be an episode or not, because uh, I do value your opinion. But I, I want to be upfront to say, you know, there are various people throughout the hobby, uh, including some people who are considered watchdogs who I've like talked to, and I've been trying to get a, you know, uh, not not for nefarious purposes, but you know, genuinely just curious, like how did you know why did they think the way they do? How did they do what they do? Like, you know, how how do you create content like in that aspect? Because I didn't want to like other them either. Like I just, I'm really just trying to come into all of this with a genuine curiosity about why people do certain things the way they do and not to criticize them, but to really to learn from them. Interesting. I'll be, I'll be waiting for that episode. But I I will say this, (laughs) just to block me, you know, I, I think that, there are some people that that make great videos that are very critical about things in the hobby, you know, whether it's like a guy who's trimming cards or an, uh, a breaker that steals cards or an auction house that bids up their own auctions, things like mm-hmm, that. Those mm-hmm. things, yes, those things we need to talk about. We need to mm-hmm. bring attention to those things. 
but when but other videos where you try to like uh tear people down and yeah. and I'm, I'm not just talking about me i'm talking about other people in the hobby mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you try to tear people down you talk about their families you try to mess with their Ugh. business and affect yeah. their livelihood right. things like that you make fun of them make fun of their race make fun of their collections what they do right. and stuff like that that to me really has no place and mm-hmm. those those people that call themselves watchdogs actual watchdogs i got no problem with you know like car- accounts like card porn things like that i think mm-hmm. those are we need stuff like that right we need we need uh, platforms that have large reach that can bring attention to things that are not right. Mm-hmm. But people who call themselves watchdogs where they make trash content in order to leverage people's attention for their own purposes of monetizing their channel. I think that's trash. I think that's garbage. Those Got people, it. they know who they are. You know, the yeah, people, we don't have to name them. Yeah, um, they know who they are. And they, you know, and I think that they, they're trying to hide behind that, that, uh, that brand of, of, being good for the hobby but what they really are is just tearing things down and so you know i try not to give people my platform to do that i try to push back as much as i can on it and uh you know it'll be interesting to see that episode when you when it comes out okay well you know it's interesting when you talk about monetizing because i literally i mean you know it's not like i've been here for you know re-entry back into the hobby for many years but i have no clue how to monetize any of this content like i make it's (laughs) there's no like Oh, you have a hundred likes. Here's a dollar from Instagram. Like, there's no like I don't monetize my content. Um, I whether it's yet or ever at all. Um, this really is for fun. Um, I just I'm so happy that you're on this like podcast. It's weird to think that I have a podcast because before today I did not have one. So let me talk about monetizing. I gotta be a better podcast host and keep us on track. We are literally oh my gosh, time really is flying. We're 40 minutes in. We have not uh, real quick about. here. Originally, um, Denny here wanted to have a 15 minute podcast. And oh, I said, there's God. no way in hell no. you're going to be able to talk about anything interesting within 15 minutes. And now you see, now you see that I was right. I told you so. Um, yes, you, you did tell me so with your, your, with your wise, uh, exp- with your wisdom and your experience, with doing two-hour podcasts, uh, thank you very much for um, reminding me because I have been a, a guest on a podcast where time just flies by. I, I I'm just like even right now, like we're my the clock here literally says 41 minutes on the dot right now, and yet I feel like we've been just talking for like 10, 15 minutes. So I get that. Um, 